Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is August 7th, 2022. Time is 18.08 and joining me as always is Big Daddy Prep. What's up Al? How are you today? I'm doing very good brother, very good. It's a beautiful time of the summer and we're getting into close to the fall time of the year so pretty soon we're going to all be able to go camping so that's a good thing and gardens are full swing, chickens are doing good so yeah we're having a, we're having a good time this time of the year. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of ready for everything to start cooling off too and get into that nice fall weather. I'm getting pretty excited about that. Um, but I wanted to tell you guys something, uh, everybody that's out there. Guys, we've been getting good feedback, good positive feedback. We, we always have, but we haven't been getting much lately. So I would like you guys to be leaving us reviews on Apple rating us on spotify wherever you're listening to that if you have the capability to give us a rating or drop us a review please for the love of god drop a review because that helps other people as they're getting into in their browsing shows if you say something good about us they're gonna be like oh maybe i need to stop and check that out so guys definitely do that if you guys have any topic suggestions email us it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com and now, big big topic of today water there's a lot that goes in with this water yes there is but just before we jump on it, I want to say, I want to reiterate what Jester said. Listen, you enjoy the content. If you enjoy the content, you enjoy listening to us, please give us those reviews and please give us that feedback because it helps us to get out to other people so we get that message out. And just like this good topic today, today's topic is water. It's the most basic thing. It's the biggest thing on earth. It's the thing that you need more than anything in your preps. So, yeah, this is bedrock type material right here, water. People think that's, well, what can you talk about water? We could talk about water for days, days. Can we, can we not gesture? Oh yeah. You're, you're not wrong at all. I actually, so before we lost all our episodes, I actually did a pretty long episode on water. Um, and there's so many different factors that go into this guys. I know I, everybody knows you need, you got about three days without water and you're dead pretty much. Right. So it's, it's the idea that everybody thinks you could just go out there and find water. It's not that easy. There's a lot of contaminants out there in the water supply as it is. Um, just with which what's lurking in the public water supply. Um, I, I, <laughs> so just so you guys know, uh, just some things to look for in your public water supply. You've got chlorine. You've got fluoride. You've got lead. You've got arsenic. You've got different pharmaceuticals could be in there. Pesticides and herbicides. All kinds of nasty things can be within your water. And, like, let's, let's not forget, um, you know, what happened in uh, Flint with all the um, with all the lead in the water, right? Oh, yeah. It's horrible. They even, they've even found uranium in the water, Al. 
I agree with you. You know, there's a lot of facts, too, about water. People don't realize this. And I, as I'm looking through facts here, I start to pull up stuff, and I'm like, well, really, I didn't know that. You know, like, did you know only 3% of Earth's water is fresh water? 97% of water is salt water. And did you know that 68% of all the fresh water on Earth is trapped in glaciers? So 68% of 3%. So how much does that really leave for us? Very, very little. So yeah, water is a huge thing because you have to have it to live. It's the most basic bedrock thing in survival and prepping and homesteading is having good water. I mean, you could have all the food in the world, but if you don't have any water to keep you alive, you're not going to make it very long. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people ask me about bug out selection. Like, how do I select a bug out location? What's the best thing to look for in a bug out property? I always start with a water source. That's what you need. You need that water right. source. You cannot skip that. You have to have that. Right. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting to me how people kind of put the water last on the list with things, not knowing the importance of it. And uh, even water purification. Some people are like, well, I got a couple cases of water just in case, the you know, we don't have yeah. water. Or I've got a water bob. A lot of people aren't thinking about purification and things like that. You know no. what I mean? They're not thinking about beyond what's in my cup right this minute. What's going to get me by this in a second? You know, we have a well. Everybody here around us has wells. We live very close to a river, so I can obtain water. Understand, if I can't get it out of the well, I've still got to yeah, go about you know three-quarters of a mile down. I can get all the water I want. And I'm lucky because not a lot of people are going to come ransack the water around here. We live in the country. But if you're in a bigger area, water is going to be like gold. I mean, that when the water stops moving... That little bit that you've got around is what people are going to have to survive on until they can actually filter out in other locations and find more water. So, yeah, it's it's very important. Very, and it's a, it's a huge thing when you're thinking about bugging out. Having a clean, good, just because there's a well there doesn't mean it's a good well. And just because there's a well doesn't mean it's a working, functioning well. These are things you need to figure out ahead of time. Don't say, I have a well on my property, and then you don't go mess with it until something happens. Oh, no, it's a dry well. Oh, it's a poison well, because it happens a lot. So I think we should start with, into this out, I think we should start with different ways you could purify water, all right? Gotcha. So I guess some some people have it out there in their heads that, you know, a lot of water is just, it's drinkable, and that's it. Um, a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of bad stu stuff you can get from the water, right? Absolutely. The most common ones, Giardia. Absolutely. That's like, you know, the beaver fever. Everybody's heard of the beaver fever. Um and this can be in a lot of different, um, it could be in a lot of different bodies of water. It could sometimes be in moving water. It could be in sitting water. It's, uh, it's nasty and it screws up your digestive tract really, really bad. And, um, you know, urgent medical attention is usually needed, right? I agree. It. So totally. I, it's not something you want to play with. I mean, this literally puts little parasites in your intestinal tract and it screws you up royally. And that's why, you know, water is so important because if you're, if you think to yourself, well, as long as I got a body of water, I'm fine. And I'm not thinking about filtering it or cleaning it and you get sick. I don't care what food stocks you have or how many guns you got. If you're sick, shitting your guts out with the beaver fever, yep. you're, you're dead. You're, you're going to be done. You're not going to be able to cook, provide for your family. You're not going to be very good to fight back. So it's very important that you get this water clean. Um, you know, we, me and Al, we've talked a lot about our love for the Sawyer mini water filters. 
and that's that's a one that's one that me and Al both recommend. Uh, this is something I like to keep in my hiking pack. I keep one in the vehicle, like in my bug out vehicle. I keep one. I've got three or four of them floating around the house, and I got them with the little squeeze bags, and I got them with the uh, I've got them with the big one gallon bag too. And guys, I got to tell you, I prefer these over the life straws a lot because with a life straw, you have to continuously have a body of water or a vessel to suck this water from. The difference with the the Sawyer is it allows you to clean water and put it into a vessel. There's no sucking required, okay? So you can fill up your canteen, fill up a vessel to take your water with you rather than taking contaminated water with you and then trying to figure out a way to clean that vessel later when you do get clean water to take with you. Right. Um, so So there is that. Uh, another thing on the list we have is if you guys have a still, distilling water is not a complicated process, guys. It's very easy. All you're really doing is collecting steam. That's it. That's all you're doing. That's, That's it. it. That's simple. That, simple. Very simple. Very simple. Um, boiling water, another one, Al, right? Uh, you know, boiling water, I, I prefer myself at any body of water I come to, no matter what. Even if you say, oh, Al, it's a great water, drink it every day. I'm probably still good enough. I don't know this body of water myself personally. I'm going to go ahead and boil it. I'm going to boil it, even if it hurts your feelings, because me being sick is going to hurt my feelings. So any water that you come to that's not a natural source, like out of the tap, a city water type of source, you need to make sure it's clean. There can be a little parasites in it and just look like the most wonderful, gray, mountain fresh refreshing water but you're sick as a dog so yeah boiling water is very important and decontaminating killing off all those little bacteria protozoa little things running around in there that might make you sick oh absolutely and i believe the recommended uh i believe it's recommended to boil water for 30 minutes i believe that's what it is i've heard people say Um, three minutes i've heard five minutes i've heard ten minutes uh, a good roll and boil for five minutes, ten minutes is, is is pretty good. But some people say as little as three minutes. I just don't trust that. But hey, preppers, do you want ten percent off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code Doom10 at checkout for ten percent off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code Doom10 at checkout at readywise.com. D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. I mean, I, I think, you know, the longer you can boil it, the better, depending on how yep. contaminated the water is. And don't, don't get me wrong. You still need to, uh, you still need to um, remove uh, any kind of sediment out of that water. Oh, yeah. You need to remove any kind of debris. So, you know, simple things like running the water through a bandana before you put it in your vessel that you're going to boil it in is a big one. Right. There's lots of ways to to filter it through your T-shirt, a bandana. Uh, Maybe you've got some cotton or a a tampon or a a feminine hygiene pad that's not been used to clean. Those type of things, you can filter through those very easily. They catch a lot of small particulate and things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess the other thing, the other thing, too, is, um, you know, a lot of people don't think about the idea of, you know, the radioactive nuclear components. If a nuke drops and we have fallout, your water's going to go to shit really quick. Absolutely. Okay. Now, our friends at ReadyWise, Al, they actually sell a couple filters for this. I don't know if yep. you knew that or not, but they have yep. them. Yeah. They so do they have, have uh, yeah, they have one that's a squeeze bottle that's, like, great for a backpack. I think it does up to 250 gallons. And then they have another filter that actually utilizes two of their food buckets. And I believe it's like recleanable. Um, 
you fill up one bucket with contaminated water, it filters down to the bottom bucket, and you have your fresh water you're getting out of the bottom bucket. Right. So, yep. I mean, do like do understand, guys, that there there's there's so many ways for water purification. It's ridiculous, but you got to get in the mindset of having to do that. Also, the idea of utilizing uh, bleach, regular unscented plain Jane bleach. All right. Yep. Don't get the Eight fancy th- stuff. Get the yeah. cheap, regular, just bleach. Right. Not Eight the kind of gels. Yeah, not the kind of gels, not the scented kind, not the no-spill kind, just plain old bleach like we had back in the old days before they started to get all fancy with it. That's what you want. You know, Al, I'm wondering if concentrated bleach would be bad to use because I see so many concentrated bleaches on the market now. I've used a lot of concentrated bleaches. I used a lot of powdered powdered bleaches in the in the prison system, and I wouldn't I would buy, wouldn't bother me a bit to use them. I use them for a lot of different things. It's the scent. It's the it's the scents they put in, and the gelling agent to make it not spill. It's kind of like a gelling agent. That's what's really it's bad. But the concentrated stuff, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, I would probably. Probably still use eight drops, even if it says it's concentrated. A little too much bleach. Folks, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a medical professional, but I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen people drink bleachy water before with no major difficulties. Eight drops in a gallon of in a gallon of water is not going to hurt you. I've gone to some municipal water supplies, and you can smell the chlorine just, just reeking out of their water, so you're probably drinking the equal to that. With oh, some municipal you know, systems. I'll tell you, man, anytime, because we don't have city water where I'm at, right? So there's nothing. I might add a little bit of bleach like every once in a blue moon if, if uh, a lot, if we've get, been getting heavy rains and the spring water's getting stirred up, things like that. I'll add, I'll add a little bit of bleach from time to time, but it's rare. But, dude, I'll tell you, when I walk into a hotel or if I go, like, to Walmart and I wash my hands, that hits my nose so hard. You could smell it. Um. Even when I'm out, like if I go to a restaurant, I usually order water when I'm at a restaurant. You can just smell it coming out of that water. Some of the hotels and stuff, they even add extra compared to what the city system does because they have systems that they the water goes through with them. And they some places and businesses don't want things to happen, especially when they have restaurants. And they don't want you to get sick off the water. If a city's water is not great, they even have a filter system coming into their hotels and stuff. So they add extra chlorine and bleach and things to it so yeah you can definitely smell it it's not like you're drinking pool water half the time when you go to places but so a lot of people will argue about putting eight drops of bleach in a gallon of water i have no problem with doing that at all and doesn't bother me a bit but if i have the opportunity to boil i'm still gonna boil i don't care what anybody says boiling always works for me the best but so al did you ever hear of camp fever camp fever uh not per se camp fever. What's the what's the the symptoms? What's it? What, what, it might have been called something else. Where I was okay. from. So um, back back during the Civil War. All right, they had a lot of soldiers that were coming out of the cities that that had like basic you know clean water, treated water, things like this. Even back in the you know even back in this era, they were concerned with water. Now the country boys that were you know grew up on wells and cisterns and drinking rainwater, stuff like that. They their systems were a bit more adapted to the dirty water. So 
a lot of these yeah. soldiers were getting extreme amounts of diarrhea and they were getting very, very sick and they called it camp fever. This is very similar to like Montezuma's revenge when you go to, to other foreign countries or go to, you know, nothing wrong with Mexico, but you go, they have different standards. You're used to the standards of drinking water here. You go there and you have similar effects in a lot of areas that aren't touristy. You know what I mean? The water, water might be different than different tree procedures things yeah you can get sick uh, they used to be a thing back when i was a kid everybody said you go to foreign countries you're gonna be sick for three days I'm like yeah i'm not going i'll stay home <laughs> but yeah right. it happens even going from one side of the country to the other i've seen people that grew up on one side of the country they go to another side of the country and the water be different and make them sick for a little while till they adjusted to it oh yeah and i'll i'll tell you what um i had a friend that, that spent a lot of time over in egypt and they said that you could not drink the water there at all. Everybody pretty much live off uh, bottled water or soda or alcohol, things like that, because you just could not drink the water there. You'd get extremely sick every time you drink it. Yep. A lot of things in the ground in a lot of countries. We have a lot of runoff from agriculture that's, that's caused a lot of problems with water, but we don't. We don't treat the water in this in this world like it should be. It should be treated as a as a major resource, and most people don't treat it that way. They don't realize how small of amount of drinking water there really is out there, and we all have to have this. Everybody and everything that's alive on this planet has to have a certain amount of water every day to continue life. When you get to thinking about it in those kind of monumental type um aspects you go wow you know it really is important and you must have it water is a building block i mean that's the most basic thing you you have to have air you have to have water you have to have shelter so yeah water's huge man if you if you out there if you're building your preps and your bug out location your bug in location if you've not made allotments for water and i'm not talking about going get two cases of bottled water that's not making a plan that's a band-aid okay if you've not thought about water ahead of time you need to go back and refigure your entire plan because if you have not set aside enough resources to be able to clean water store water and have water you're going to be in serious trouble in about three days. Serious trouble. Oh, I want I 100% agree with you. And I, guys, you could stock all the water you want. Um, you're not taking water with you, guys. Water's eight pounds per gallon. It's extremely heavy. You're not going to take a week's supply of water with you in your backpack. It's not going to be a thing. So I think we should talk a little bit about uh, ways people can collect water, how they're going to get water in an apocalyptic scenario. Rainwater is a wonderful way. Um, in areas where you have a significant amount of rain, building a rain catchment system, it's almost like it's perfect coming down from the skies anyway. But, you know, you will get debris in your system as you're killed, so you will have to filter that water. And I still recommend boiling any water that you don't see absolutely clear and it just coming right down into the glass. I always recommend um, to purify that water even if it is rainwater, because you never know, you could get some bird poop in there, you know, there could be just a little squirrel droppings or something along the roof line, or however you have your water catchment system signed up. So, yeah, that's, it's still important to clean it and make sure it's purified, but rain catchment's one of the biggest ones for me. I mean, guys, and let's, I mean, you're 100% right. So let's, let's think about this for a second. So say you have a well and you're not too concerned with the idea of having a rain catchment system. If you have grid failure, you're not going to be able to run that well. 
Nope. Right. Not unless you have a solar a solar type of uh, pump, a solar backup for your pump, you're not going to be able to get it. So you might be reliant on a solar generator to run your well pump if it's not 240 and it's not drawing a lot of amps, which you better have a hell of a solar generator. Uh, a regular gas generator might be required for this. If you're lucky and you have a shallow enough water table, you could put in a hand pump for your well. All right. There's also yep. guys out there that speak about um, hand pumping regular wells. Somehow you can get the, the pipe moving on a good bounce that goes down in the well. And that foot valve at the bottom will trap water and shoot it out of the top uh, into a vessel. Never tried it. Don't know if it works or not. I wouldn't be relying on relying no. on that. I'd have some other backup means. Right. Right. Um, but even with the rainwater, this is still something you're going to want to purify. I mean, you don't I mean, if you're inside and you've got high roofs and you're not cleaning those gutters all the time, there could be bugs living in there. There could be bacteria. A bird could have dropped a dead rat in there that had some kind of plague or some nasty shit. So the idea of filtering and, and purifying the rainwater is definitely something you want to take into consideration with this, too. Just don't think since it came from the sky, it's good. I don't have anything to worry about. Right, because gathering water from an underground source, an above ground source, i.e. the air, or a on the surface source, those are your main three ways to be able to do it. But when it comes from the, the sky, if you see it drop right in the glass, then maybe maybe you'll say, okay, it's good enough for me. But anything that travels through any kind of uh, system where it has to roll off this and down that, yeah, you better purify. Anything that's coming out of the ground, you're going to assume or you, you hope that it's good, but you don't know what's in the ground around you. So understand everything that's in the ground, whether it be uh, chemicals, gasoline, oil, you name it. All these things leach into the underground aquifers. So all that nastiness is going to be in there too. You actually might want to take that water. I've seen a lot of people go to wells and go, I got a good well. When they they pump it up, it's sulfur water. Or they pump it up, it's nasty water. It's a dry hole. So you have to make plans to also purify that water too. I don't necessarily just trust what comes out of a well either. Um, that's just me. But there's a lot of, it's not just boiling to get rid of microbes. It's getting rid of uh, particulate matter and, and just nasty chemicals that can be in the water. I understand, I know that ReadyWise has, has this new catchment system, a new uh, purification system. I'm actually going to try one out. I've been looking at it anyway, but that's a good thing. So any water, that, no matter whether it comes above the ground, on the ground, or below the ground, still needs to be cleaned and purified. Right, and, you know, so let's, let's talk about some of the uses for this water. I know we've talked about this before, but I think we should get into it again. So what we've been talking about the whole time here is water for drinking but let's not forget you're going to need water for hygiene right you're going right. to need to be able to bathe yourself clean yourself you know do do dishes uh you know potentially if especially if you're out doing a lot of hunting you don't want to come back and be running around covered in blood all the time and and have that all over you you're going to need to right. you're going to need to bathe you're going to need to keep yourself clean or you're going to get sick things are going to get bad so remember, you also, you don't want to be utilizing nasty water for hygiene, right? right? There are, or you have mucous membranes on your body that bacteria will get into and it'll get you sick. So you do want to be at least bleaching that water or doing something with it. I, I have three stages of water that I consider, gesture. I consider there's water that goes in my body. There's water that goes on my body, and there's water that doesn't go anywhere near me. 
And if you'll think about it in those senses here, and you can recycle that water to do many different things, okay? If you're in a situation where you have less water than you actually need and you're trying to keep water to drink with, so you're drinking water, okay? That's great, fine. Well, you have some other water that's not as clean. You really don't want to drink it, but you know it's not bad. It doesn't have a lot of microbes in it. Maybe you would wash with it or whatever. The water that you use to do that, maybe that's the water you need to put on your garden or maybe that's the water that you need to water a plant with or whatever like that. So use this water. Don't just... I hate when I see people that don't have water. They're drinking out of something and the rest of it's just going on the ground, going right back in, in the ground again. Well, you're already having a water situation. Learn how to catch that water. Use it for multiple uses. It's not a great thing to have to do to use it for multiple uses, but you're going to have to wash dishes, because remember, hygiene with food food instruments is a big thing too. This will get you very sick. You're going to have to use personal hygiene for yourself to wash your body. Your clothes, when they get nasty, you have bad hygiene, you will get sick from dirty clothes too. People don't think that's a thing. That is a thing. It's very serious. So you're going to have to have water to drink to keep you alive, water to wash your little hind in with, and to keep the, the, the things that you use to actually put on and in your body every day clean if you want to continue to be healthy. People don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. There's not just one or two uses for water. Right, and that's, um, Al, that's what I was actually going to get into next was the idea of the laundry, right? I mean, guys, it's not just the idea of like, oh, I want my clothes to be clean and doomsday. It is the idea of like your underwear are going to get crusty and nasty and they're going right. to start really stinking and you're going to need to do something about that. You're not going to want to get a shower and put those back on. Um, so that's, that's one side of this. The other side of this is you have to, you know, I, so I was a welder for many years Al, and I yep. would wear jeans basically till they fell apart. And I'll tell you what, if you don't wash those suckers, they'll break down quicker. They start holding dirt and grease and stuff like that. And they will break down quicker. I agree. So it, it does in some way ensure the, the length of your clothes too, because guess what? In doomsday, you're not going to be able to run down to Walmart and get yourself a new pair of Wranglers. It's not, nope. it's not going to be a thing. So you, you need to keep and take care of the stuff you have now. So laundry is obviously a very big one. And then the other one, guys, you got to flush the toilet, right? You're not going to not flush the toilet. Right. You're not just going to let, you're not going to, you know, keep it in there till shit hits the fan. You know, you're going to have to flush. So I mean, that's that third stage of water right there. The right. water I wouldn't put in me or on me. You know, that's the third stage, be able to manually. And a lot of people don't know that you can manually flush your toilet. There's, Millions of people across the world that don't know that. Folks, all you have to do to flush your toilet in doomsday is don't continue to sit there with nastiness in a toilet. Dump some water in and it will flush out. Now, it may not flush out forever, whether you're on septic or city sewer, but it will flush the nastiness out of the toilet right now and get rid of it. Okay, so don't leave that nastiness there. You don't know how many people, oh, I can't flush the toilet, I don't have any water. Okay, dummy, put some water in the toilet. Not in the back, but in the bowl. Just put yeah, it in there and it'll it. wash right on out. Yeah. Yeah. So we grew up. We grew up on a well, and we grew up on a cistern. So we had buckets in the bathroom to be able to flush the toilet with if there was a water, like if it was a low water situation, like we haven't had rain, the well shut right. off, et cetera, et cetera. So we we had to do that growing up. Right. You just you know a few gallons of water in there will make that sucker flush, and it doesn't have to be clean water. Nope. This could I, be water that you just got done washing your clothes with, right? It right. doesn't have to be clean water. Um, but there's, there's another side I want to get into this out that nobody thinks about. And I swear okay. to God, it, it drives me nuts. Um, so let's talk about the septic tanks and the idea yep. of water. Yep. Okay. 
So what you guys don't see and nobody sees until, you know, it's um, it happens to them. So septic guys are busy. There's always septic tanks that need service, that need redone, that, that are full, that need pumped out. There's always something going on in this realm. A drain field that's overfilled and needs, you know, cleaned out. There's always these things that happen. Um, in a doomsday scenario, when shit hits the fan, a lot of these guys aren't going to be going to work. They're not going to be servicing these systems anymore. Okay. So what's going to happen is someone's going to make the decision. And a lot of people probably are, they're going to find that clean out that's outside and they're just going to uncap it because they're, they're going to rather have that shit flowing outside of their home than having it stack up inside their house. I right? agree. So what they're going to do is they're going to uncap these clean outs and they're going to keep utilizing their bathrooms and it's going to now think about it, a lot of water goes down into that septic uh, from your dishwater, washing your clothes, taking showers and the toilet. Right. So this is going to continuously disperse bacteria throughout someone's yard. And we all know the old saying, "Al shit rolls downhill. So when you I get agree. rains and stuff, it's going to go down in the lower laying areas. This is where your springs are and your creeks and your streams are. And it's going to carry this bacteria through the water supply. Right. So water that's not contaminated now that's a clean source will in fact become contaminated when everybody's septic systems quit working and they start uncapping these things especially in your rural areas because everybody's basically on a septic right well i kind of have an advice when it comes to that if you if i was in a situation right now where we had no more water we were in a bad situation nobody's coming to fix anything anytime quickly my recommendation is Try to use your septic system as little as possible. If you can go outside or somewhere, cover something up, whatever you need to do, go a long ways away from your house to do your business and save that septic instead of filling it up immediately. You don't know how long you're going to be doing this. You know, uncapping it allows all that all that nastiness to now be around your actual living area. So if you can find a way to keep all this nastiness and all these germs a distance away from your, your actual living area, you're much better off in the end. Now, people say, well, that's unpractical. Well, it's just as practical as eventually running over your septic system and then having nasty waste all around you where you might have to raise animals, raise a garden, raise your children, walk around yourself, protect your area, be there all the time. Do you want to walk around all that? I don't personally. Um, my plan is to go as far away from my living area as I possibly can and save my resources for later. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think that kind of Kind of makes me want to get a into a little bit about, you know, the best ways to store water. Because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking to themselves right now, well, shit, I better just start storing water. Agreed. Right? Um, my favorite method is buying one-gallon jugs. Uh, guys, I, I tried doing the bigger, like, two-and-a-half-gallon things, stuff like that. They crack, they break, they leak. It's not not worth it. But just there's no definite shelf life for water. It's all based on storage conditions, stuff like that. A lot of people say, Oh, it's good for nine months. It's good for a year. It's good forever. Like there's, there's nothing definite on that. Um, that could change over a lot of different conditions. Things you want to look for within the water are cloudiness. Cloudiness is bad. If you suspect that the water could be contaminated, obviously boil it, purify it first. But the best way to store water is to just keep your water in a cool, dark place in a cool place out of the sunlight. It should be fine right for a good while right. 
Heat and sun are not your friends when it comes to water. Cool, a nice, cool, uh, uh, dark place is best. And if it doesn't look like you need to drink it, if it looks like, I don't know if I'll drink this or not, make that decision not to, okay? Make a decision not to drink that. And if you comes down to you have to, then definitely filter, definitely boil, definitely disinfect, I don't care how long it's been stored. If it doesn't look good to you, folks, you don't have any idea what it's going to be like if you're in a bad situation. And a bad situation is is coupled by the fact that now you're debilitated by being sick. You're coming out of both ends. You're throwing up. You're having diarrhea. You can't keep food down. You can't keep water down. You're already in a bad enough situation. Don't be on death's doorstep while you're doing it, okay? Uh, you'll compound your problems three or four fold by being sick. So treat your water like it's your lifeline because it actually is your lifeline. You need it more than you need food. You just don't realize it yet, but you need it more than you need food. So something else I'd like to throw out there to you guys too is um, one of the great ways to store water, if you have a continuous way to collect, like here's where I'm at. Rainwater collection, it's getting boiled, it's getting purified before I drink it. I'll flush the toilet with that. That'll be fine. That that should be okay. I'll probably shower with it. I'll probably do laundry with it. I'll definitely flush the toilet with it, right? Absolutely. But let's get into ways with some water. You know, you're going to want to conserve water at all costs. When you got, this is what I highly recommend to people. Instead of sitting there and storing 100 gallons of water, guys, get store a few gallons of water just so you have it for the immediate need, right? Right. But have yourself a few empty BPA-free containers laying around. Maybe some five-gallon ones. Just have have an abundance of these things, a few of them. Take one day a week and make that your water purification day where you boil water, you cool it, you store it, boil it, cool it, store it. And then you're going to have a week's supply of water. And it's not, a very da- it's not a very demanding task. You do this once a week, right? And you have your storage containers. You're good to go. Right. And... The big thing, Al, too, is, guys, you got to understand, too, in these situations, conserving water is going to be a very big factor, right? Yep, I agree. It's going to be it's going to be very, very big. You might not have, especially if like, let's say you don't have your rainwater collection system set up yet and you're running off a well, the grid's down. You got to run a generator for an hour a day to pump 10 gallons of water. You're going to be in a bad spot. If you're a family of four, you got to think about half of that water's going into cooking and drinking and preparing food, you know, preparing food, things like that. So the other half of that water has to go to flushing the toilet, has to go to your laundry, and has to go to your hygiene. So, you know, at that point, what do you do? Well, you simply turn your shower water into your toilet water, right? And then, you know, and then potentially, I mean, it's probably not the best thing to do, but I mean, you could obviously utilize that shower water to clean your clothes. Look, when I was, uh, Al, when we first got up here to the cabin, like we didn't have a washing machine, we didn't have anything, um, but we had an overhead drum that gravity fed water into the cabin. So there was the occasion while I'm in the shower, I'm hand washing my clothes with Zoat soap while I'm in the shower, right? I've done the same thing. So <laughs> so I, I know it sounds like a little bit like, you know, oh man, these guys are a bunch of rednecks, this, that, the other, mm-hmm. but no, man, there's been plenty of times I've been out camping and I will shower with my underwear on, get them all soaked up while I'm wearing them and, you know, right. clean myself, wring them out real good. And, you know, bam, I just washed my, my undergarments while I'm in the shower. And I mean, 
that's what you guys are going to need to think about doing stuff like that in order to conserve the water. If people don't, if they say, okay, if you think this is gross, nasty, or not, 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 you know, something you want to do, folks, when the bad situation happens, you're going to be in the same boat because you're going to figure out, I've still got to wash my hind end. I, I just love these people. I'm not doing it. I'm like, okay, I, I, let's remember that. When bad things get bad, but you're not doing it. Let's remember that, okay? I, I want you to hold just as true to that, what you're saying now, as you do then because people are going to have to figure out that, yeah, I'm going to have to wash my hind end. I'm going to have to use this water two or three times. I may not be able to take that 20-minute hot shower I want every day and stuff like that. It, it's going to be a big wake-up for people when something really bad happens, Jester. It's it's not going to be pretty. A lot of people have are set in their ways. I'm set in the way of a hot shower. Folks, you have no idea what a, what a day without a hot shower and Red Bull is going to do to me. But I've prepared myself for this. I mean, I know what the things that have to be done are. While I've still got them, I'm going to enjoy them. But I assure you, these multiple uses for water, where you have to use water multiple times, and the water that you get done after you washed your clothes, washed your hind end, done everything else that you take out there and put on your garden, it may not be the best in the world, but that might be all you have. You still have to feed yourself. And let's always remember that when we eat food, we must have water when we eat food, okay? So mm -hmm. I'm going to get a little bit gross on you for a second. Oh, you're going to gross me. <laughs> uh, so I think, I think you know, I, I get sick from time to time just like everybody else does. Right. I probably. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com. D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. I probably shit my pants at least once a year. It happens. It does. It happens. So, I mean, at least once a year, that that's something that happens. So, you know, um, sometimes it happens in a public place. I mean. You never know. You know, you might have to make, you might have to wad up some toilet paper, put it in there, but you, you know, or, or, you know, if you're in one of those handicapped stalls, maybe you could actually take the time to wash your underwear out before you put them back on. Right. But here's the thing for those of you guys out there that don't want to do this, that they're that thinking about this, you're going to get sick at some point and you're going to shit your, you're going to shit your pants and you're going to have to deal with that. Right. So when we talk about these, like, you know, all these things that may sound a little bit gross, just remember, these are natural things that are going to happen. And right now we have a lot of modern modern conveniences, and when shit hits the fan, you might not have these, right? Right. It's like I love people that say they love being parents, but yet they don't know how to change diapers. I'm like, how are you a parent that you haven't changed the diaper? I mean, how does that happen? I mean, we all, this is life, folks. This is life. And, and preppers and homesteaders give you life raw, and sometimes it's exactly what you need. We're not talking about the most pleasant times. We're not talking about those times when you're on vacation, you have a uh, concierge service and, uh, you know, room room service and all that. We're talking about the apocalypse. We're talking about bad situations, prepping type situations, off-grid situations. So what might be nasty to you now is going to be an everyday experience then. So since you brought up the diaper thingers, I got a comment on that. So uh, you, you know I have kids. I change diapers almost every day right absolutely <laughs> if my wife takes over for a day and i don't have to that's absolutely awesome because i can't stand changing diapers but i could tell you what diaper rash is a real thing i think we all seen it so it happens you know I, I don't care how much cream you use and powder you use diaper rash eventually becomes a thing 
And my kids have gotten it to the point where it, it like hurts them to have their diaper changed. Right. So, yep. you know, and, and we have to, you know, get them in the shower, clean them off, you know, put stuff on there. That's something you don't want to use contaminated water for. No, because right? you're, you're dealing with open skin, you know, and open yeah. bare skin. No, you don't want to. You never want. Listen, folks, you never want to wash something out with something nasty on a cut, bare skin, uh, uh, anything like that. You want the clean water for that. The clean water is the same water that you'd put in your mouth is what you'd want to put in a wound because this is exactly where it's going inside your body. Exactly. And before before anybody knocks me and says, oh, he's a bad father, he lets his kids get diaper ash. If Look, anybody out there that has been a parent knows the struggle of diaper ash. It's a real thing. Right. Especially when your kids get sick and they're, they got diarrhea and it's happening six, seven times a day. It's It's real. It's not a preventable thing. Okay? No. Hey, listen, <laughs> so, I've had kids, grandkids. I've been around lots of kids in my life, and diaper rash is an absolute, that it happens. I don't care who you are. You can be allergic to something. A child can be allergic to something and not allergic to it the day before and bust out with a rash. It doesn't matter. These things just happen. This is life, folks. That's one thing about the people in the prepping community and the people in the homesteading community, Jester. We're talking to adults. A lot of people that aren't in this community that that, that kind of poo-poo on the ideas we have, they're going to be in serious trouble when things happen. We know this. <laughs> serious trouble. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it. this is a good segue, though, how you brought up first aid. I mean, guys, cleansing a wound is a very, very key component in preventing infection, okay? Like this, this is a big, big thing. And like Al said, you know, you're going to want good purified water for this. This is what I would be utilizing distilled water for, like extremely purified right. water. Absolutely. Because what's, you know, the openness to your wound is going into your body, just like something going into your mouth. I mean, anything that's open, whether it be a wound, your mouth, your hind end, any opening in your body can get an infection very easily. That's why people with catheters get infections because it's an open wound that's not supposed to be an, an open area that's allowing infection to get in. Same thing with a cut. Folks, you're going to have to treat actual injuries when a grid down situation as a high priority that cut could turn into staph infection that turns into you losing a limb or dying because you weren't careful that's a fact um people hate to talk about that but that's true well i'll also think about the idea of childbirth right you you yeah. worked in law enforcement i'm sure you i'm sure you had some of that training what do yeah. they tell you hot water you hot need, water you need clean hot water clean everything needs to be as clean and sterile as possible absolutely i mean you might not have everything clean and sterile but you can make it cleaner and more sterile it can't you know folks that's why i keep telling people i never build a pack that has to do with bug out without having something that to wash clothes wash dishes disinfect wounds things like that nature i was little packs little tide packs you know that for your dishwasher or for your washing machine things like that i always pack those a few of them in each one of them because i know if things are bad and long enough i'm going to have to wash some utensils i'm going to have to wash some clothes things like that so i'm going to make it the easiest possible route i can nothing wrong with using dry powders either i just happen to use the packs because they're very simple and they're pretty durable and they're lightweight but that's what people need to really think about that. The ways that they can do these things, lightweight, simple, and easy in case something happens. Oh, absolutely, 100%. So, I mean, guys, just quick recommendation on, on your water for first aid. 
if you have the capability of just going out and picking up a few gallons of distilled water just to have it in your preps to specifically utilize for the first aid stuff, I would do it, right? It's not going to hurt you to have it sitting there. It's a very, very good idea. Also, another source, I mean, we're talking about grid down situation, but if the water's off, the power's on, remember, the water coming out of your air conditioner, that's distilled water. Never forget that. That's distilled water. Same that condensation, thing with dehumidifiers. You know, right, right. Yeah. So that's, that's clean water. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to go sucking off my air conditioner, but... Nope. You guys, you but guys it's know. better than it's better than the the, the 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 muddy water in the ditch bank. I, I assure you, you may have to get to the muddy water in the ditch bank before it's over with. So take the cleanest source you can first. You know, I I wish I could just I wish I could just kind of reach through the radio in people's cars right now and just kind of shake them a little bit just to wake them up to the importance yeah. of this. Guys, water is the most important thing. If you don't have it, you're yes, done. it is. I'm gonna come out of the speakers of your your Mazda Miata here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna shake you a little bit and wake you up and let you know that you need the water, you guys. You need the water. That's the very first thing you need to worry about in prepping. I always say worry about the basics, but that's the most important and having a plan too. It's not just the bottle of water you got in your hand right now. It's how do you get that next bottle and that next bottle and the bottle behind it and the bottle next week and tomorrow. How do you get that clean bottle of water? It's not the one you got right now. You've already got that. You have to be establishing a plan to get more new clean water every single day. Absolutely. And uh, so, guys, I just, that's about it. I think, Al, do you think you got anything more to add for that? Or you think that's that about it. wraps that's it up? That's it. Water? You know, we can do a show one day on how to clean water and different ways to clean water. There's a million different ways to clean water that people have little tricks and knacks and things like that. But clean water is, is life. Gotcha. And a few updates for you guys uh, before we get out of here. First off, guys, once again, the email, it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Guys, I just started an Instagram for the show, so if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, I'm going to be posting show updates there. I really don't know how to use it yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, Also, guys, there's going to be, you're listening to this on a Monday. Tonight, there'll be a live episode on Podbean. Uh, Get the app, Apple Store, Google Play. It's there. Al also does the Big Daddy Al podcast on there. Uh, three times a week. Is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Uh, we're on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday, Saturday, uh, Sunday. it's at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And folks, if you don't have the Podbean app, I don't know why it's it's free. There are tons of shows to listen to. There's tons of prepper shows and music shows, talk shows, all kinds of things on there. I, I guarantee you, it's the best free app you can get out there right now. Not to mention, guys, if you have the Podbean app, you can download all our episodes for free with no like right. upcharge, and then you could save these on your phone. And then, if the grid goes down and the internet's out, and you're like, "Man, I really wish I remember what they said on that one episode," guess what? You got it. It's there. Listen it's at your leisure. That's what I always tell people about yeah. my podcast, the Doomsday Podcast. All of us listen at your leisure. Just download them and listen when you want to. Some people don't have a good cell signal at their work. I'm like, just download it. You'll have eight hours worth. You can just listen to when you want to, as much as you want to. So, and guys, uh, one more thing I have to throw out there. I have no idea what the next month is going to bring us. I'm going to be overseas for the rest of the month. Um, I don't know how me and Al's recordings are going to go. I don't know how the live shows are going to go. I'm really up in the air. We're going to be kind of winging it over the next month here. So, guys, if we miss a couple of episodes or if we miss a couple live shows, if any of that stuff happens, I apologize in advance. I just 
seven hour time difference. I don't know how we're going to work it out. Yeah, yet. it's going to be kind of a <laughs> uh, kind of a problem, but we'll we'll work through it, just like everything. And you know, folks, if we miss a few episodes, you can always listen to the older episodes. You can there's lots of good podcasts out there, and lots of things that keep you busy. The old ones that keep you busy, I'm sure I've listened to them. When I go back and listen to them, I'm like, did I really say that? So yeah, there's lots of old material to go back and listen to for sure. Absolutely, guys, and that's it. Uh, we're about to get out of here. Al, you got anything you want to add before we're gone? Just everybody be careful and be safe. All right. Have a great Monday, everybody. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.